Hi, this is Cliff for the picture-poems.com website in the circle in the square. Thanks for tuning in. The Lunar Solar Calendar The culture that only has one calendar is an inherently imbalanced culture. Well, in the talking circle, the dialogue circle, what you do is that I'm suggesting that it's a proposal. So you throw it in the middle of the circle and you begin to look at it alone and together. You have to question, be willing to question the old ways, the legacy ways, the ways of the past of how they look at that. Well, that one little 17-step uh, poem or saying that I do is a good way to begin, perhaps. Poets liar between the pegs of nature and culture. I span my string. Now just imagine that, nature and culture. I span my string. So I'm tuning it up. Now what I'm suggesting is that between nature and culture, one of the primary strings of relationship is time. We have natural time and cultural time. Well, how are they related? That's the primary question. And I'm suggesting that the present calendar, we'll get back to that in a minute, how you describe it, is really like a straight uh, ruler, which measures it. It's very hard to take a very cyclical phenomenon, like the moon phases in the solar year, and put them into a straight line. But, well, we've done a pretty good job in Western culture. So I span my string, nature and culture. So what I'm suggesting, and I'm just throwing it out there in the talking circle, and so we tear it apart and look at it. But it does require that we question in complete freedom, so that means you look at why we're not free, in complete freedom, our basic legacy of the past, what become assumptions and feelings and attachments, the pegs of nature and culture. So we've taken the lunar year, it's thrown out. And we're all cognizant, it's hard to avoid it unless we stay in a bunker somewhere, uh, the movements of the moon. But we have this calendar based on the uh, turning of the Earth and the uh, solar year, the 365-day approximate calendar, that's become all-pervasive and dominant. Not only that, but it's been stretched out with those days that basically what it says, the days are like slots in a ruler, and they're all basically the same. What's missing when you take the two calendars apart, of course, the solar calendar, we don't even think that way, that it has a quality of energy. And the lunar calendar has a quality of energy. So I'm just putting that out there. And now pause a moment. And when we put the two of them together, 
we have a marvelously natural complex, not complicated, but complex composite rhythm. And for every year of a lifetime, that composite is going to be different. Uh-huh. So that must be, I would guess, the original insight. It must be at least 5,000 years old in the great culture of China, why they have given it importance. And we've lost that tradition in the West. So I span my string between nature and culture, and I'm constantly going back and forth. Now, don't take my word for it. I'm saying that there are qualities of energy. Like in the circle in the square, we call it the qualitative ground. And what that basically is, is energy. And it's not energy in the just in the Western sense, say like the electromagnetic spectrum, light and heat and so forth. But it's a qualitative, without trying to measure it, and we're not going to be able to prove it at the present moment, but it's still very actual in functioning. And uh, that's a proposal, it might be true or might not. What I'm suggesting is that we deny at our own peril the possibility of something beyond just the uh, normal materialistic point of view. So I'm saying this qualitative ground is a real pulsing living energy. One way of talking about it is in the complementary um, dance of light and darkness, yin and yang, masculine and feminine. If we step back from that, and look at Western culture, well, there is a predisposition to favor the linear, the masculine, and as we've said before in other dialogue tapes, in its most extreme form, force, unnecessary use of force, and the end of the line is, of course, uh, violence. Well, what I'm suggesting is that the solar calendar alone is really another form of violence. That might sound like a uh, unusual thing to say, but I really deeply feel that it's true. It comes from the experience over many years of going back and forth between those pegs, culture and nature, culture and nature. My feeling is that the solar uh, calendar alone is very much a masculine affair. And not only is it masculine, but it's been totally neutered. Every slot is exactly the same. We don't even have a sense of the rhythmical eight-phase uh, solar festivals, which leads me to my next uh, point that has to do with, yes, freedom. Now, what? Does a calendar have to do with freedom? Well, it's very simple. We all have a sense of empire. So that's a, the violent use of force to dominate and to impose one's way of looking, one's worldview on others. World history is littered 
with the effects of empire, both in the past and currently ongoing in the present. Now, if I were to say to an African-American, a Native American, well, the effects of empire, colonization, they instantly, without thinking, feel with their total being what I'm talking about. It's still very much alive. What is a reservation but a, a kind of way of imprisoning the other? So we know what the physical, spatial, if you're talking in an abstract way, effects of empire and colonization. You come in and, to be very frank, you just come in and take over the land. And then, of course, you always uh, want to have justifications because you can't sidestep the fact that you have a conscience and still be a human being. So organized religion has given us ways of ethically justifying uh, this violence. But, of course, when you step back from it, it's never justified. Violence is violence. So that's the colonization of space. But what I'm suggesting now, going back between our pegs, nature and culture, is that there's an ongoing, very deep and all-pervasive colonization, not just of space, but also of time. Let that sink in. of time. And the present calendar is very much based on that. And of course, empire, well, we normally think of things like um, not the American empire, but the Roman empire, of course, uh, having these huge armies which are expanding out into the world and conquering and dominating violently everything uh, that is within their grasp. Well, that, of course, became the Catholic Church. It's a very uh, subtle transition from the domination of physical territory to spiritual territory. It's very clever. You don't have to have armies in bronze. All you need is an army of priests that come out Instead of uh, colonizing the land, they colonize the spirit. The residue of that, throwing it out there in the talking circle, is not a question of convincing strong talk or sweet talk or hate talk. We're not demonizing, um, what do you call that religion, Catholicism. It has nothing to do with that, but it has to do with a form of violence that has a belief, and you impose that belief on the other. That's all we're talking about. That's always violent. It's always bad. It's never justified. And the effects of it can be very subtle. So in this pegs of nature and culture. So there I am, I'm up, and I come back down into culture, and I say, oh, good God, it's Christmas again. Not only has Christianity, in the West anyway, 
colonized the natural solar calendar. Don't forget they banished the moon for the most part. And now they've taken over colonized time. It's a very strange thing. You see, in terms of the ebb and flow of yin and yang energies, the solar festivals are crucial moments of the year. Winter solstice, summer solstice. The Greeks evidently had at first a two-beat rhythm over the entire solar year. That's why our words crescendo, decrescendo. Now just imagine that. So you're teaching it to a young person. The earth has a breath in and out. So we take our breath at winter solstice going to summer and back. That's very beautiful. And then we articulate that into four with the equinoxes. And then we articulate it again with the fire festivals, the Candlemas Tree of Life, August the 1st, All Saints. So that's a beautiful eight-beat rhythm. And then superimposed as a composite is the rhythms of the moon, the ebb and flood of the moon. Well, that makes a very complex composite. And again, that's going to be different every year because they don't fit together in a commensurate, simple way. Now that's good for it's healthy for thought to have to deal with those complex uh, rhythms. So we have the problem now of we're tuning our peg between nature and culture. So we see that not only has it been colonized by organized religion, we're talking about time, that's just as violent as coming over and taking over the state of Ohio or Oregon or Germany or Poland. To be free is to be aware of that. But now that colonization has gone from organized religion to organized capitalism. And so now all of the, so the moon is gone. <laughs> all of these neutral slots have become contaminated, in my view, with opportunities to, on the surface, we're supposed to celebrate, but then buy things. If you're not used to the American calendar, well, that's all that they have left. So all of these questionable events, when you're supposed to buy relationships, presents, what it generates is a horrendous amount of conflict and noise and waste. And not only that, that we allow it to happen is remarkable. But not only that, that we become deaf to the natural sounds and pulses of the natural year. So, that's about freedom, it's about balance, and it's about energy. 
And of course, the ebb and flow of qualitative energy, there's no way to actually prove that, but you can tune into it. And of course, there's always the possibility of self-deception. And that's why the movement of not projecting what it is to live in perfect balance with nature, to have a calendar which is perfectly balanced. But what we're doing, you can see it right here, right now, is that what you do is you take away the things that are in the way. So organize religion out. Capitalism with the much will have more of continuous expansion that is banging me on the head to buy more and more unnecessary trash is out. Everyone has always come along to colonize these moments, turning solstice into Christmas, turning the tree of life day into Labor Day, not the American Labor Day, but the day of international labor, May the 1st. So I'm questioning the wisdom of all of those movements of colonization. In order to find out, I'm just taking it away, and I want to know what the real qualitative ground is. And that's a kind of purification. We do it alone, and we do it together. And it's not going to be easy, and that's tremendously exciting. Because the old residue of the culture, which is based on violence and force, is going to be banging you on the head night and day. That this is the way time is. You better damn well celebrate Christmas. You better <laughs> whatever. That's liberating to become aware of that movement. Well, let me conclude with one example of why this is so important. In the performance of music, and by that I mean all non-commercial music, acoustic art music coming from, say, like Johann Sebastian Bach. I'll leave in the middle what would resonate with that coming through from Edgar Varese, Stravinsky. Well, when we perform music in the West, we take that neutral yardstick. It's just a matter of convenience. It makes no difference, night or day, time of year. We're lucky enough if we can muster the forces to do a piece any time of year in new classical music. I'm questioning the wisdom of that because tuning the strings of nature and culture. Well, that music has a qualitative ground without defining, but it's a kind of energy. It's a kind of life force that becomes vastly more powerful if it's done at the right place at the right time of year. So in the talking circle, I'm saying, okay, Let's start to question that. And we can look to India for help. There is still the great uh, tradition of Indian classical music. We all know that they've given attention to that for millennia. 
that certain ragas are for certain times of day, certain times of year, and what they're talking about are the qualitative ground, that's my view, of the time-space movements of the music itself. Well, that's very beautiful. Obviously, that can become completely mechanical, just like our calendar is completely mechanical. But it can be based on insight, in a sense, an inner awareness of this living, pulsating ground. And in my view, that's what we need to give attention to, and that's what we need to get back. And it's not going to be simple, because everything is going to be working against you. And that's what makes it exciting and revolutionary and fun, that you go back and forth between nature and culture, and sooner or later you'll start to figure it out. Now there's so much more that could be said about this, the masculine and the feminine, what it's like to take the feminine energy in both the male and female biological species and force it into a corrupt gang masculine linear energy. It's very violent. And that manifests everywhere in Western culture, not just in the genders, but also when we begin to create anything, design anything, perform anything. Well, that's enough for now. It's a lot to think about. Energy, balance, measure, moon, man, woman, yin, yang, calendar, calendar. Okay, that's it for now. This is Cliff signing off for the picture-poems.com website in the circle in the square. Thanks for listening. Ciao for now.